Well, good morning, men. Glad you're all here after the ball game last night. Did it turn out the way you wanted? Hey, the Tigers won. Nobody got it, did they? <laughs> if you bet on the Tigers, you won. So uh, uh, we don't bet here, by the way. We just, just so you know. Uh, today, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm not kicking off a sermon series. The sermon series we're going to kick off is uh, the week after next. And uh, we'll be going into a message, but I'm going to kind of start priming the pump for that series to come here. And, and so as we get started today, I'm going to be talking about being labeled because many of us were labeled as, as children and that label kind of carried through our, our adult years. And if we're not careful, we'll carry that particular label on our lives instead of the label that God wants us to carry, the name that Jesus gives us. So uh, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and we'll get started this morning. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this, your day a day that we'll never see again. We pray that we use it wisely for your kingdom. And Lord, we pray that as we learn this morning, we would be strengthened in our faith in order for uh, our lives, our lives to make a difference for your kingdom. So Father, let us not waste this day. Thank you for this morning. May we win our morning and win this day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I bet for most of us, when you were growing up, you were probably labeled as something. If you were a uh, chubby little boy, um, they might have called you uh, Big Ben, Fat Albert, Skinny Sam, Dumb Donnie, a boy named Sue. Any of you remember that song? But it worked for him, right? He, he wound up being the toughest kid around until his dad. Well, anyway, uh, <laughs> maybe the artist formerly known as Prince. But but here's here's the thing for me, I. I just want you to know, it, it, a name is very important. And what we're told in life from a young age can affect our lives for the rest of our lives. And we've got to be careful. You know, for me, uh, there were several that called me Brick. Several called me White. Several called me Trailer. Some called me Two-Story. And, of course, some called me Out. You don't get it, do you? My last name's House. All those go with House, all right? You got to stay with me, guys. Yeah. Y'all got to wake up. This, this stuff's just for, to wake you up, right? But there's no doubt that names brand us. You know, I grew up sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me, but that's not necessarily true. Sometimes I'd rather have the sticks and stones than the words. And, and I think as we grew up, uh, we, we probably all would agree that some of those names probably stuck. So listen, there's power in the name. There's power, good or bad, when you're labeled or you're branded. And as men of God, here's the thing. We label and brand every day. It's just the truth. I mean, we're, we're calling someone what we think they are or at the time that we think that or through emotions, we may label someone. And we are called to be encouragers. We're called to spur one another on to good deeds. And when we ourselves don't understand there's power in a name, what happens is others will carry oftentimes what we give them. So as fathers in the house of God, we've got to be careful what we label others. So here's the truth. The truth is, is that um, all of us have been branded in some way. And you may not want to ride for that particular brand. I've got a brand at home. I was going to bring it this morning and uh, went out there and it was in the cat house, what we call the cat house. And I opened the door and said, it ain't even worth going in there to get that. So darn cats were all around me and climbing on things. So anyway, but it's a rooftop H and I branded a lot of cattle with this brand. I branded uh, uh, many cattle throughout the years, throughout the Texas Panhandle with this particular brand, and I branded one human with it. 
Um, but anyway, it, signif- it signifies ownership, expectation, expectation, and hopefully some type of production, right? And when you ride for a particular brand, you carry the values of it, good, bad, whatever. It kind of becomes your label. And that's the problem with labeling someone that they are not is they oftentimes will carry or be branded by that brand for the rest of their lives. Many of you carry a label today that neither your parents nor God put on you. You were labeled early in your wonder years, and now you've become something that you never intended to be, right? Maybe, not purposely, your, pa- your parents maybe labeled you as you'll never amount to anything. Famous words, right? Your grades, you must be dumb. You're an embarrassment. You're lazy, you're short, you're fat, you're skinny, you're slow, you're weak, you're expensive. And no one had the right to label you other than the one that created you. And that's what you need to hear today, man, that no one has the right to label you other than the one that created you. All of us end up branded to one degree or another. You grew up under constant criticism, possibly branded yourself as unacceptable. The sixth grade math teacher, made a, uh, you made a D and you were embarrassed and, and you formed a belief you branded yourself as dumb and there are those who are just writing for their brand and have never stopped to ask themselves why you know my daughter uh one of my daughters she 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 kind of self-branded herself in a sense of saying that uh you know i don't like science and so i like art and so anything with the arts she's got an appeal to but with the sciences and the mathematics now here's what we know we know that she's got a very mathematical mind and so uh uh, she she made a couple of grades that were unacceptable in our household in science, and then what does she say? She she self-labeled, self-branded, and said, well, I'm just not good at math, and I'm just not good at science, but that hasn't always been the truth. So this is what we said. Um, she actually, her grades were high enough that she didn't have to take the final in chemistry, but we said, you will take the final in chemistry, and uh, even her, her teacher sent us an email and said, well, she, she doesn't have to take the final. She, we said, no, she is going to take the final in chemistry. And her mother sat down at the table with her and got all of her chemistry papers. And this is a, 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 a final that encompassed everything from day one up until December. This is just recent. This just happened. But she was attempting to label herself. Her mother sat in there and studied with her. I came in there a time or two and and then we, we set her in there for about two to three hours studying. And she took that final, and he sent us a message and said, uh, by the way, your daughter had the highest score of any sophomore in her class on the final. But if we're not careful, culture and their own thoughts, our own thoughts, men, can label us. And if we're not careful, we'll let the culture label our children, or our children will label themselves. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes it's, it's saying, I don't want to do it. But we are called to, to, to really call out the champion in those underneath us, those who are, I hate to even say below us, but those who are younger than us, and call out the champion in each and every one of us men. See, there are those who are just riding for their brand and have never stopped to ask themselves why. They're just drinking, doping, roping every filly that comes their way, right? And you know some of them. You're a captive, a slave of the brand. You don't even know it. But here's the thing. Do you think these brands or names from the past have affected the way you view life? In your own life, what if people called you? What if you carried your entire life? 
the way you approach others, the way you form relationships, the way you behave, the way you acted it out. You know, the cool thing is if it were positive, you probably have a pretty positive outlook on life. If it were negative, it affects how you meet others. It affects how you relate to others. And don't worry, we're going to get to Scripture. I'm just kind of setting a, 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 a huge stage here to, to really hopefully launch something off of. So here we go. The way you act out, oftentimes that's just from being how you were branded younger. Have these brands of the past made their way into your present? If so, your future is at stake. Some get branded, others get self-branded. At times, they're a good brand, some not so good, like dumb, smart, cool, daredevil, cute, ugly, loser. Daredevil was one of mine. You know, I never said, hold my beer and watch this. But there were many times I said, uh, uh, let me ride that bicycle and show you how this is done. One of those times, I, I had a kid that, that dared me on my bicycle to hit a jump off the edge of the canyon, and uh, it didn't end well. And I still wear some of those scars today, right? But daredevil, whatever it may be, maybe you heard you'll never make varsity. At best, a C student, maybe a low B. So when we're growing up elementary, junior high, high school, it's all about us trying to earn a name, trying to get and make the team, trying to keep a name or trying to lose a name maybe. You know, if you mess up in high school today, one time majorly what happens, you can be labeled for the rest of your life, at least among your classmates. That's just the truth. I was thinking uh, uh, here a while back of, of a young lady who made a mistake prom night. And uh, the last time we had a class reunion, it was brought up. And I thought, my goodness, are you serious? 20-something years later, and they're, they're still talking about, about this particular night on that poor young woman. You see, labels can just, just brand us and, and really, really etch in, not only in our minds, in the minds of others. Names can fence you in. You can easily become a prisoner to the name. They can become the way you define yourself. I can't be, begin to tell you how important spiritual fathers are and mentors can be. Uh, much of your role as a spiritual father is to help people unload false names and brands and help mine out and discover the true gold that God is looking to deposit in each and every one. Uh, much of what we do as men of God is simply to set people, pr set, set people free uh, so that they can prove to be something different in their life. And some of you need to be that someone or become that someone for someone. So here we go. Some of us need to repent um, to, to those around us for the brands that we've put on them. And, and, and uh, I'm going to share some truth with you today. You're not, uh, you are not the people, you are not who the people say you are. Let me say it that way. You should be who God says you are. No one ever had the right to label you anything other than a child of the Most High God. See, not, not you, not others, your coach, teacher, cousins, not your teachers that, that were later on in life. When all said and done, not even your parents. Only God has the right to give you a name. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So you have a name that is derived from God. Your name is derived from God. It has origins in God. Its destiny is wrapped up in God. And from that name, the one that comes from the Father, that's where you derive your strength, your identity, you find purpose and wholeness. This is why we have the opportunity, men, to, to really help people find their path to God because when they do, they'll hear their name called by God. That's an important, important thing that we do. No one gets to provide that and give that to any person except God the Father and Him alone. 
You did not create you. Your parents did not even create you. Your grandparents didn't even think of you before you were born. How's that make you feel, right? God had a plan and a purpose for you and a plan and a purpose for those who are around you. Spiritual fathers really don't even get to name you. They are to work in tandem with the Father to direct you to the Father where you hear His voice and you hear that name being given to you. You know, have you ever prayed with your family? God, what is our purpose? What is our name? What have you called us to do and to be in the culture that we serve? See, no one has earned the right to name you or brand you except the one who has purchased that right. 1 Corinthians six nineteen Talked about this a little bit Sunday. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So he is the one that purchased you. I talked about sin Sunday a little bit, and I said, look, any time that sin is looking to be condoned within the church, it cheapens the blood of Christ. Any time you don't hear the voice of God and know why and who and what he calls you, it cheapens the blood of Christ because he purchased you. The Father Jesus purchased the right with his own blood. Through your faith in him, you have become a dwelling place of his spirit. You are a carrier of the glory of God. He has named you. He has identified you. He has labeled you. He alone has the right to give you your identity. And he calls you his child, his son. There is power in a name. How many of you uh, named, I'm just curious here, we're going to raise our hands. How many of you named your kids after someone in the Bible? Okay, I got one. <laughs> uh, do we have a Caleb in here? One. Uh, Josh? You got one Joshua. He's a pastor. See what a name does? See? That's my point. And then we got a Caleb over here who works in the church, right? I mean, sometimes there's just power in the name. Those labels, I did not plan this, guys. But that's what, what happens when we look at, at labeling our kids or hearing God for our kids and, and hoping that they can hear God for themselves, right? And hear God really tell them there's power in that name. See, one of the things that if you were labeled something that you shouldn't have been labeled growing up, You've got to learn to put off and put on. Allowing others to place a name on you can cause you to miss God's destiny for your life. And if you put names on others, it could cause them to miss God's destiny for their lives. There is power in a name. A while back, uh, years ago, there was a book called um, The Prayer of Jabez. Any of you read that? You remember the book? And it got real popular. Everybody's going to do the study. Let me tell you why it was popular, because it was only this big. And, and I think if I ever sell a book, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put about three chapters, two pages each, right? Because that book sold off the shelves. I remember going to get that book and not even be able to, to, to get it at Cokesbury there in, in Lubbock because it was gone. Well, here's the thing about the prayer of Jabez. His mother named or branded him at birth Jabez, which means sorrow, grief, pain, and suffering. How'd you like to grow up with that one? Hey, what's your name, Sorrow? Oh, man, your mother was pleased with you, wasn't she? 
thanks, Mom. And yet he manages to overcome that label and become incredibly productive with his life. He did actually the opposite of his label. 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror the glory of God and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord the Spirit. Now this is the Apostle Paul and this is what he's saying. If you want to be transformed, if you want to put off the old and put on the new, then here's what you do. You've got to behold the glory of God because God wants to tell you who you are. Men, God wants to tell you who you are. And today, a great question when you go to leave here is simply to go into that prayer and say, God, don't, don't just tell me who I am, reveal it to me. Because men who walk in revelation are powerful, powerful men. See, transformation is what God's looking to do. We're transformed into the same image from glory to glory is what he says. Now that word transformation, let me just give you a, a, a kind of a Greek. That comes from metamorpho. What do you hear in that Greek word, metamorpho? Metamorphos, all right? And most of you know what metamorphosis is, all right? And, and, and here's, the do, here's the deal. It's how a caterpillar goes into the cocoon and comes out a butterfly. In order to overcome brands and names and labels, it requires that we have a transformation. That what most people do to overcome labels is really try hard to prove that, that they are not a part of that brand. But, but here's the way transformation happens. It happens when you sit in the presence of God. Transformation happens by sitting in the presence of God. See, God is like a mirror. He reflects the true image back to us. And as we gaze at his image, it begins to transform us. As we gaze upon the Lord, as we look at him, as we're in his presence, our identity begins to shift to his image. A change takes place internally that then affects the way we live our lives. I had a pastor call me a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's a pastor that uh, um, probably is in the top three pastors of my life. He is probably the most well-educated, most well-spoken, uh, one of the greatest teachers I've heard teach. He's brought so much truth into my family's lives. He called me a couple weeks ago. He's down at Houston. And uh, some of you know him as Miles Sweeney. I've had him, he's been in here. And, and we're talking on the phone, going back and forth, and he tells me a story about how he, he set up a, uh, a little CD player in his, in his living room one night, and he came in, he'd been traveling, traveling, been gone a couple of months, and came in, and he said, I just wanted all my, my kids, the ones that are still in the house, to come in there, and we're going to worship. And he said, uh, as we began to, to worship to that CD, he said, I mean, my kids were just engaging. And he said, uh, the next thing I know, there's a couple of my kids on their knees that are, that are in worship. And I'm like, wow, look at them go. And um, one of his, his daughters just had, had tears streaming down her face and afterwards came up and said, the Lord told me my name. Now, that's a, that's a powerful, powerful thing. And Miles, Miles was smart enough to say, that's yours. You know, I don't even have to know it. That's, that's you and the heavenly, my job as your father and spiritual father is to point you to the one true father. And he spoke to her. You know, what a powerful, powerful story. You see, a change takes place internally, and it affects how we live our lives throughout. Our names oftentimes, listen, are our destinies. Uh, you know, Curtis means courteous. <laughs> I don't know why I threw that in there. 
My destiny hasn't got there yet, but I'm still traveling, right? I'm on that road. God has a destiny for you, and you'll love it. It will fit like a glove. A name from God is attached to it, Ephesians 1.20 and 121. God brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. So names are important to God. God told Mary to name his son. God told Mary to name her son, there we go, Jesus. Jesus means salvation. God renamed Abram, which means exalted father, to Abraham, which means father of many nations. God renamed Simon Peter. Simon means reed. Peter means rock. God renamed Jacob, which means heel-grabbing thief, to Israel, which means prince of God. In each case, he was establishing their true identity. Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory and his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named. Once again, look, names are important to God. We need the eyes of our heart enlightened to see what destiny God has called us into, men. We need to see the gold that is deposited in each side of a, inside of each one of us. And I want to tell you this. We need to see the gold that's deposited in every person around us and under us. See, the church needs spiritual fathers today, but if spiritual fathers have labels, it can be dangerous. The only label you need is the label that Christ Jesus has given you. When you see somebody, what do you see? Do you see them for who they are? Do you see the gold that's in them? Do you call that gold out? Do you give them a name, a name of encouragement, a name that will drive them for that day, a name that will, will help them find the destiny setting in the presence of God? See, today, if you've been named anything other than a child of the living God, everything else you need to cast off and get into his presence. He calls us beloved. He calls us his children. He calls us his friend. He calls us his workmanship, his treasured possession, his sons, his heir, holy, blameless, the apple of his eye, blessed and redeemed. Those are the names that God has given us. So don't let this world label you. Don't let your past label you. And men, definitely, if you label anyone, label them a child of the living God. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your labels that you've given us. Father, I pray that you'll continue to grow us up, that we'll be passionate for you and your kingdom, that we'll sit in your presence. Father, I pray that you would name each one of my children, that they would hear you. And Father, as they hear you and hear your voice more clearly for their lives, the destiny for them would be the shores of you, Jesus. And Father, uh, I just uh, thank you for these men. Father, grow us up and let us spread your kingdom throughout Amarillo, the Texas Panhandle, and the world. In Jesus' name, amen.